Hello and welcome to Her Wild Side Hockey Podcast. I am Mickey, your host. And as you can hear, I am a little under the weather, but I still wanted to get a podcast out. So um, I'll try to make it a little short, maybe. Not, you know, if, if my voice gives out, then it gives out. Anyway, aka, I'm also Hockey She Wrote on uh, social media. So you can find me there. And I'm going to dive right in because there's been a lot of big stuff going on. First of all, the trades. I got to say, these trades came out of nowhere for me. You know, I, I don't have any inside information. I don't have any sources or, you know, any of that. But just the idea of trading Addison, I know that that had been an idea before. You know, off season, even at the end of last season, it seemed like maybe they would trade him. But he, he just never did. And I feel like, I don't know, I hope that he finds a good place there. Because you know what? This could be a great move for him. The San Jose Sharks are obviously a struggling hockey team, and he could help with their defense and also offense. He's obviously a really offensive player. Offensive, not offensive. <laughs> but the Sharks need help, and hopefully he can give it to them. You know, I, I think about Jordan Greenway. He was traded to Buffalo last year, and he's doing great there now. He is really... He's on the second line. He's putting up some points. He is looking a lot better than he did when he was here last year. So hopefully Addison can have something similar going on in San Jose. Now that we got Addison or uh, we traded Addison for uh, an, an AHL player, uh, Adam Raska, and then a fifth round draft pick for 2026. Now, then a couple hours later, Bill Guerin picks up Zach Bogosian. And that is something that I, there are people who aren't sure. I hope people like it because everyone complains that our blue line is too small. You know, we've got Spurgey, he's small. We had Addison, he's pretty small. Even, you know, Mermis, Hunt, they're kind of small. Um, even though Faber is tall, he still kind of seems small. So for the most part, we needed some beefing up. You know, we had Jake Middleton, and now we can add uh, Bogosian, who I think goes by Bogo, which I kind of like. And the other thing I've been seeing is people are assuming that because he's a big guy, that he's slow. And that's not really the case. He's not fast. You know, he's not like he's not going to hit that 20 mile an hour down the down the ice, uh, but he's not slow. And it looks like he's a pretty good skater. He he came from Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Lightning, just like Pat Maroon did. So they've played together before. And I just want to point back to when the Wild acquired Maroon, everyone was up in arms. Oh, he's he's old and he's slow and he's, oh, he's not going to be great. And now look at how he's playing. He's honestly one of the best players right now. So I am not going to have any sort of um, take on it really until I see a few games just like I did with Maroon. But the only thing that we had to send for Bogosian is a seventh round draft pick for 2025. So essentially, we got, we traded a D-man for a D-man, both right shots, and we got a draft pick two rounds higher than the one we gave away. All in all, not a bad trade. You know, and, and it stands to be seen if it's a good trade, but it's not a bad trade. Now, the biggest thing when Bogosian came is people were not sure about his number. Sorry. Let's actually take a little drink. Keep myself hydrated. And I understand the upset. 
Now, Bogosian wore 24 in Tampa Bay. He's worn it for a long, long time. And so I understand why people are upset. Obviously, just losing, losing, just uh, kind of losing. People feel like they lost Matt Dumba. You know, Matt Dumba moving on to Arizona. He has been wearing 24 for a really long time. And before that, I think people should be more upset about the fact that that was Bugard's number. I really think, though, if the club had thought it was an important enough number that they wanted to retire it, then they should have done it right after Bugard died. Because, you know, there have been now three players since then that have worn the number. And I know both Matt Cook and uh, Matt Dumba asked Bugard's parents kind of for permission. And who knows if Bogosian did that or not. But I want to say that I'm just not sure that needs to keep going on. I, I think of clubs who have had, you know, the Wild are only a couple, you know, it feels like they're a teenager club. They're a teenage kind of young adult club. There are clubs out there that have been around for 50, 60, you know, years. And you can't retire everything. You do have to be sort of picky about it, I would say. You have to be picky about which numbers you retire. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. I don't know if Bogosian knew about the backstory of the number. I also don't think it. they have to tell him. You know, I don't think they really have to, you know, sit him down and be like, well, here's the history of number 24 jersey for the Minnesota Wild. Well, you know, I, so I just, I just really think it's not something to get upset about. And I think seeing the number on the ice helps keep Bugard's legacy alive. And I kind of, I enjoy that side of it because it also helps open up a conversation each time about uh, head trauma, concussions, and all of that good stuff. So the Wild have started their three-game East Coast road trip. They, I'm recording this on the afternoon that they are going to play the Rangers game. So we are past the Islanders trip, or the Islanders game. And one very important thing to note on this road trip is that they did bring Jared Spurgeon along. Now, there's been some talk that they don't know if he'll actually play during this road trip. But just the fact that he is along is shows that he is so much. He is so close to coming back, I guess. <laughs> but let's get into the Islanders game. So the goalie. The Islanders goalie had a scoreless streak against him for 137 game minutes. And 20 seconds into this game, Pat Maroon broke that by scoring a goal on him. And the fact that it was Maroon, again, Maroon is just, he is doing so well here in Minnesota. And I love that he is the one that's like making the big plays. And I will say, this is the game, that Islanders game was the game that got my brother, uh, a noted Pat Maroon hater, on the Maroon train. He finally admitted that Pat Maroon is good at hockey and that he is a good addition to the team. So, happy to say that. Anyway, in the second period, we have the Islanders are up 2-1 at this point. And this is when Vanilla Terry ties it up. And I know we've made... Lots and lots of different comments about this. But the fact that Lou Nanny, his grandpa, was in the box calling the game, it's just just one of those movie moment things. It's just a fun 
state of hockey movie moment that just came together brilliantly without being formulated, if that makes sense. Now, I also love the fact that when he went by the bench to get all of the, uh, you know, slap everyone's gloves, they all said, Lou. That's kind of funny because, like, Lou's not his dad. Grandpa, I don't know. I was, a, you know, and, and his name isn't Lou. But you know what, Minnesota Wild, you do you. You do how you feel like doing. What I really loved, though, is right after Letary scores, Boldy comes over, grabs him from behind in a huge hug and, like, spins him around. And Boldy's a whole head taller than him. Than him. So it's just, like, this really cute moment and Boldy's and everyone was happy for him uh I loved Lou Nanny on the on the uh, broadcast was saying that his advice you know just just shoot it and I can't shoot it for him and he took his grandpa's advice and look where he got also I wanted to to notate uh this was earlier in the first period but there is this point in time where Zuccarello tried to go up against one of the Islanders players and the Islander was a player who is six foot four. I mean, Zuki came up to like his waist, but he was going to take him on. And I love that energy. I, Zuki is a player that has just that energy. And he's got that dog. You know, he's got that dog in him. He's going to go after whoever he does not care. Uh, I do want to also note that Marco Rossi is looking fantastic. I say that all the time. But he really is. And he is getting more and more ice time every game. And I love it. I think he's at about 17 minutes a game. And I would love to see him out there even more. And I bet he would too. Uh, And then we had Ryan Hartman, who received a penalty for being hit by an Islanders player. Which is, uh, basically, they gave a two minutes for hitting and a two minutes for receiving the hit. (sighs) But Kuro Kaprizov got another goal. He got a power play goal in the third. And of course, it was passed to him by his buddy, Matt Zuccarello. And that's always nice to see. And then 42 seconds after that power play goal, Maroon passes it to Eck, who puts it in the net. And Wild end up winning 4-2. And I went and looked. So far this year, Maroon has nine points on the season. If there is anyone out there still complaining about Pat Maroon, don't. He has nine points. He has... He's one of the most offensive players on the team right now. You just hop on the train if you're not there. If you're not on the Pat Maroon train, you got to hop on. But the best quote of the night was from Kevin Gorg, who said, and he was talking about Jules Eriksson Eck, that guy played like a big old horse tonight. And I don't know what that means. Does that mean like a, like a race horse? Like he's really fast? Does that mean like a workhorse, like on a farm? Because he's really like strong and physical. I don't understand what kind of a horse Eck is supposed to be. And Gorg did not elaborate on it. So we just don't know. We'll never know. Now, it is Movember. And we all noticed that Jake Middleton is, of course, participating. And he shaved. And I love that in the before picture for Movember, he already had stubble. I feel like he shaved at home, and by the time he got to the rink to take the before picture, it already started growing. And honestly, the mustache, has it's basically it. It's not long, but it's there. And it was there like three days into November. And then it looked like Hartman was also doing November. But Hartman shaves a lot more often, so it uh, 
who knows? Who knows if he's doing it or not? Oh, and uh, I did write down in my little notes here that I feel like Jake Middleton grows his mustache like in the Santa Claus when Tim Allen just grows the beard. Something like that is kind of how I have to imagine it. So tonight, tonight, the Wild face the Rangers. This time they are away. And I am so interested to see what they're going to do because that game against the Rangers last week was a turning point. Can they keep up that energy? I'm also curious. I am assuming, we all know what assume means, but I am assuming that Bogosian and Mermis will be the third pair. And honestly, I would like to see that. You know, I, it's always kind of fun to see a new combination, a new line, and just see what they got. Because sometimes there are lines or pairings that work together and you wouldn't think so. I mean, look at Spurgeon and Middleton. That's definitely a pairing that nobody would have thought to put together. And it was kind of thrown together and it works. It works really well. Uh, we also know that Flower is going to be in net tonight. And he was came in in relief in net last time against the Rangers. And so he kind of knows what to expect, I think. We will see. And then they have a back-to-back. So tomorrow they play the Buffalo Sabres, which will be interesting because we will see former Wild players Jordan Greenway and Tyson Jost. And the other thing to remember is that last year the Sabres were kind of one of the lower teams. And I think people come into the season assuming they'll kind of play the same. They have been doing a lot better. They have been doing way better than they were last year. And I think it's surprising a lot of people. But during the Sabres game, then uh, Gustafson will be in net for that game. And then we can kind of get another good look at Gustafson and how he's doing. I I don't feel like he's a bust. Um, I think we need to remember when players get into ruts. And it seems long when they're in them. But, you know, if they have a long career and you look back, you're not going to remember like, oh, remember that time where those first five games, he like really sucked. That's not going to be a blip on the radar. So I think we just need to, like, you know, calm down, stick with Gustafson. And, you know, I think he'll get it back. I just, I think he will. Now, when I was thinking about this road trip, I kind of predicted that they will come away with at least three points. And so far, they have got two. So as long as they pick up at least one more of these next two games, and I think that's totally, totally feasible, my prediction will be right. I am hardly ever right. So I'll be very excited if I am. Anyway, this uh, this podcast is a little bit shorter, but I need to rest my voice because if you noticed throughout the podcast, I had to pause a couple of times uh, to go cough. So you're welcome for not coughing on the stream. Anyway, uh, keep up the vibes and I will be back this weekend with some more uh, Her Wild Side Hockey Podcast. Remember to look for me on social media, Hockey She Wrote, um, anywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm on all of them. So I'll see you later.